You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. You know what time it is. It's 9 o'clock straight up on this Friday, November 17, 2023. That means it's time for the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, and it is the TGIF edition. There are seven days in the week, but only one of them is Friday, my favorite day of the week. Yes, I love the weekend, but I love the anticipation for the weekend even more. On Friday, you're downhill, man. You're you're looking forward to the next couple of days. Alabama football, senior day tomorrow, and uh, we've got a lot to do here on the program, and of course, you know, on Fridays, uh, Bama football trivia presented by T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, and the University Mall. I put the picture out of the uh, unbelievable uh, Greg Gamble print that we're going to be giving away, signed by Mark Ingram, coming up at 1030 with Bama football trivia. That's right. This... Um this print is a beautiful print. The Traditions Championship Edition, hand-signed by Mark Ingram. It represents uh, Alabama football up and through the first national championship under Nick Saban in the 2009 season against Texas. It is gorgeous. You can see it at my Twitter account, at Gary Harris underscore WVUA, or on my Facebook page. And I would encourage you to follow me on Twitter, if you're not already, at Gary Harris underscore WVUA, or also follow my... WVUA 23 Gary Harris Facebook page. I got constant updates and uh, content, and uh, we'll do that at 1030. Of course, the weekend music, you know, we we party around here on Fridays. And and Noah, listen, uh, I, I mentioned this yesterday, but uh, when you think about Tide, um, make sure you, you give a shout out in your mind to Noah. He has uh, been pulling yeoman's work this week he's been by himself for most of the shows and today he's got to run the contest by himself unless he can get somebody to get in there and help him uh we usually have two people to run the contest but uh we, maybe we can get somebody in there know to, to help you out i've been experimenting with cloning technology yeah <laughs> hey maybe jr can come up and uh down in, in, in downstairs and help us but we will do the contest at 10 30 bama football trivia presented by t-town mentor t-town gallery university mall we got a good guest list coming up uh we're getting into some basketball today and i'll run all that down for you first though i need to tell you this hour of the gary harris show brought to you as always by alabama credit union member owned and not-for-profit it's just a better way of banking convenience and savings make like life better that's for sure find out more at acu lifestyle account if 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 it is for you uh, learn more at alabamacu.com alabama credit union loans for real life some rules and restrictions do apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money and put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, here's the lineup. Uh, Adam Amin from Fox Sports uh, joins us uh, when he can. He is not going to be able to be with us, but we got uh, High John Hoops coming back in this uh this morning at 9.30. Basketball season is here, and former Mississippi State guard Bart Heights, who now does a, a lot of television work and is a, a guy that I love talking hoops with, he is going to be with us this morning. And uh, he's going to be brought to you by NextGameHoops.com. That's coming up at 9.30. Then at 10.30, it's the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard. We missed Brett last week, so looking forward to him getting back on for uh, the Auburn viewpoint as they get ready for New Mexico State tomorrow. And then, of course, obviously next week, we've talked about is the Iron Bowl. Um, 
As I said, we are going to be doing Bama football trivia. Also, my SEC point spread predictions just went three and four last week. Eh, you know, broke a string of a, a lot of uh, 500 or above weeks that I had been on a pretty good, pretty good pace there, but uh, did go um, under 500 last week. A couple of headlines before we jump in on the first domain condominiums hotline, and that's where you can reach us, 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904 is the number on the first domain condos hotline. Of course, uh, Michigan and uh, Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think Michigan decided that they didn't want to go forward with this and uh, didn't know what else might come out. Listen, he gets to coach during the week. The only thing he doesn't get to do is coach during the game. And, yes, I know a head coach does not want to um, be off the sidelines, but all the work's done during the week. And um, so Michigan and the uh, head coach, Jim Harbaugh, have agreed to the Big Ten's three-game suspension. And he will not coach Saturday at Maryland or in the regular season finale against Ohio State. And I know he is going to be sick about that. But according to a statement, the university said the Big Ten agreed to close its investigation, which means there won't be a hearing this morning as was planned. And the case has been formally dismissed in uh, Washita County Court. So basically this ends it and it, you know, Michigan gets to focus on football and the Big Ten can't really go forward with anything else and it just means that that's going to be the end of it uh in the spygate or sign stealing whatever you want to call it situation there in michigan so i think it's probably the best for everybody it is kind of uh strange that harbaugh came out and said i want due process and i want to prove my innocence well maybe not so much i I think it's a win for the big 10 commissioner tony patetti who who brought this suspension out as kind of a new commissioner and uh, went up against one of the conference's big dogs in Michigan and, and Jim Harbaugh, and uh, the suspension sticks. So that's kind of uh, kind of the end of that. Also in the broadcasting world, Teresa Thompson, uh, Fox Sports, came out on a podcast, I think with Barstool Sports or somebody, and said that when she was doing sideline reporting, she oftentimes would just make up what the coaches said if they wouldn't talk to her, and that has really opened up a firestorm firestorm of criticism and um you know it's just one of those things that i you know i don't know i don't want to be do i think she should have talked to the coaches yeah and or, or if you can't get a coach grab somebody on the sideline you know just somebody to get a word instead of just making something up um i'm not ready to you know just drag her through the mud the way some people are, but you know what? It's um, it's the world we live in, and and why she would even admit to that, I have I have no idea. But she did. Braves, um, you know, trying to sure up the bullpen, and they sent five players to the White Sox for Aaron Bummer, who is um, was had been really good until last season. Last season, he had a six point. 7-9 ERA, and that's not too good. The Braves sent Mike Soroka, who they tried to bring back from injury and just never could get, get him back. Um, they sent left-handed Jared Schuster, shortstop Braden Schumacher, um, 
infielder Nicky Lopez and right-hander Riley Gowans to the White Sox and hoping that Bummer will come back to the form that he had prior to this season and really in his entire career. First six years of his career, he posted a 303 ERA in 213 and two-thirds innings. And um, it was a strikeout guy. So you, you're sending a lot of players over hoping that he kind of regains his form. All right, we're off and running. Let's jump out on the first of Main Condos hotline and welcome in Corey, who's going to lead us off this morning. Hey, good morning, Corey. Good morning, Gary. How are you this morning? Doing great, my friend. Good to hear from you. Well, I'm sure you saw the softball schedule come out. Um, uh, I did, but I haven't had time to really look at it too much. So uh, why don't you why don't you fill us in? Because I have not really. Yesterday I had a really busy day, and I have not had an opportunity to really to go over it, Corey. So fill us in, man. Well, go to Georgia Tech playing a tournament. Uh, I think Villanova's in it. Georgia Tech and a couple of pretty easy wins. Um, the real. The real big one is Florida State. You get go to Florida State, and this is the this is really where you're going to tell where Alabama is. You have Florida. I'm sorry. You have at Florida, Florida State in the midweek, and then at I mean, then home against Georgia. That's your. That's where you're going to tell where Alabama is right there. That that three get three stretch of games right there. Um, then. Of course, you have your your in-state teams with uh, Sanford, Jacksonville State, UAB. I think we have a doubleheader with um, uh, or not not a doubleheader, but North Alabama and um, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of any other in-state teams we might play, but we do play some in-state teams. Um, Let's see. Well, it sounds like another really good competitive schedule, which is what we're always looking for, yeah. It is. Um, we don't play anybody like big, big like Washington or UCLA or teams like that, but it's, it's a balanced schedule. Let's put it that way. It's a balanced schedule. Um, the, of course, the SEC is always tough. Um, I think we play Auburn at the end of the year. Uh, do not get LSU or Florida. Uh, go to Kentucky. Uh, I think we get, I think we go to Tennessee, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm just remembering this off the top of my head. Um, start off, st- start off going to Florida and the SEC. Uh, do not get Mississippi State or Ole Miss. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty good schedule. Um, but it's it, it's one it, you know I always say this when when you make a schedule Murph's always going to try to schedule tough competition and and this is why Alabama got the fifth seed last year they won the tough games they were supposed to That's and right. didn't lose mm-hmm. but, and, and didn't lose the games they weren't supposed to mm-hmm. and I that's agree. what I always say you take care of your business like you're supposed to don't drop the games you're not supposed to and you'll get a really good seed and. uh that's where I think Alabama. Why I think Alabama does well, like 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 we know they can. That's right. No, it's it's. Hey, listen, it sounds good. I'm excited about this team. There's a lot of energy. Um, there's a kind of a, you know, with with the changes that have been made. You just you know, it's kind of like you're starting over a little bit. And I, I think sometimes, um, you know, you get 
not, you know, they're still working hard. They were still trying to win, but you just get a little bit comfortable, you know, and sometimes you need to change things up a little bit and, and get some new ideas and get some fresh faces. And that's what Alabama staff has done with Murphy leading the way. And, and, uh, I'm excited about this season and the potential for this team. And, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just, in my opinion, until somebody knocks off Oklahoma, how is anybody else going to win the whole thing? Well, obviously, man, listen, they're, they're, they are a dynasty to the next level. And, and what I mean by that is, um, they're, they're, they're a dynasty and there's no signs of it slowing down. You're right. I mean, when you look at college softball, there are a lot of good teams, great teams, but there's only one team that stands out and that is Oklahoma and uh, they're going to be in this league. So, it, but I think it helps you because you know exactly, uh, how to measure yourself. You're going to have this team right here in your conference and the best team in college softball. So everybody in this league now knows the barometer and knows what, when they play Oklahoma, what they've got to do to get there. You know, you'll know firsthand. And so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And just so you know, I looked at their schedule. Nothing, nothing really, nothing really to sneeze about. I mean, I think they play Washington or UCLA, but We've seen them play teams like that and just destroy them. So I've, I've, I even looked at their conference schedule. No, nothing really to, I mean, Kelly Maxwell, the player that was at Oklahoma State said, if I'm not going to win a title at my school, I'll just go to the team that does right. win titles. Oh yeah. Well, listen, and, that's uh, the, that's the world we live in, man. It's the portal world. It's the NIL world, Corey. And you know, we're all just going to have to adjust to it, my friend. Hey, give me, uh, cause I got to get to another call before I get to the break. Give me your uh, score prediction for Alabama and uh, Chattanooga tomorrow. You think Tide's going to, going to blow them out? Yeah. I'm going to go, uh, uh, like 56 to seven. Uh, I think. Try to get the starters in early and get them out quickly. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that just my thing for this game is just, just don't get anybody hurt. I mean, I mean, well, that's always the goal, but you know, it's football. So the, the minute you take the field, that can happen. But yeah, hopefully tomorrow it's a, you know, Alabama's ready to go. You know, when they played them back in 2016, the tide trailed Chattanooga three nothing in the second quarter. So these kind of games, if you're not ready to go, they can be a little tougher than you expect, but hopefully they'll take, uh, they'll take care of business tomorrow. The second half get to play a lot of young guys and get it over about 215 and, and start on the Iron Bowl, man. Cause that's what's coming up next week. Hey, thank you a lot, Corey. Good talk to you, Gary. Roll time. Have a great weekend. All right, we're going to try to get to Lewis here before we have to hit the break. Hey, Lewis, good morning. What's up, man? Hey, Gary. I love the show. Uh, you know, the commissioner uh, defending Harbaugh for, for those games as far as being on the sideline, to me, uh, indicates they believe that there was cheating going on. To allow him to coach all week long, it, it's a joke. It's a joke <laughs> punishment. It's window dressing. It's ridiculous you know i just <laughs> i hope somebody beats michigan i'm so sick of him i'm sorry I, <laughs> he is uh he is a peculiar guy you know if you're a michigan fan you absolutely love jim harbaugh they love the guy he's one of their own played there for both jim beckler uh but if you're a um if you're a fan of somebody else, man, you're like, gosh, this guy grates on my nerves. So I'm with you. It, yeah. it is a little bit of window dressing, but listen, it's, it's the Big Ten saves face by saying, Hey, we punished the guy. Michigan oh, saves boy. face by not having to go forward and letting other stuff come out. Uh, you know, the Big Ten is done. Now, you know, Barry Sanderson just texted me that the NCAA 
could continue to investigate this thing, they're not going to do anything, man. Come on. Nope. So uh, I think for the most there. part, for the most part, it, it, it is over. So, um, you know, and Harbaugh yeah. though, a couple yeah. of days ago was, I want my day in court. I want due process, all this stuff. But ah, I think the, I think the university lawyer said, well, let me tell you what goes with your day in court and due process. If you get in there, if there's anything else, you know, that, yeah. that, that we're worried about, it might come out. So I, yeah, I'm with you, man. You coach him during the week. Yeah. It's going to hurt him not to be on the sidelines, but the game, the, the prep is in, you know, he can actually, um, you know, put the game plan in, script out plays, whatever he wants to do. He, and, 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 you know, too, man, I don't know. Again, they've already been involved with sign stealing. There's, you can't tell me there won't be some, you know, way for him to have contact during that game with somebody if he wants to get, if he wants to get a message across to one of those, uh, coaches on the sideline, I guarantee you he'll be able to do it. That's right. One other thing, Gary, since I don't mean to come off like a big complainer or something, but, when television interviews these coaches, they, you know, Saban, they they take him aside during the first quarter after a change of possession or something. Not even they don't even wait to halftime anymore. You can see it in these coaches' eyes. They're like, I need to be coaching my team, and I got this sideline. You know, you mentioned that sideline reporter statement. It made me think of this. You can tell it's there like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you, but they don't have to do it. You know, they, that's something that has worked out pregame. If they agree to do it, uh, you know, that, that's on them. And I'm with you. They want to coach their team, but I think they also want to get that mug in front of the camera because they're thinking about recruiting all the time too, Lewis. So it's, you know. Well, it, you're, you're right, Gary. You, and, you know, you make a really good point. It just seems like. Why interrupt them? But I, I agree it. with you. I don't think it adds. But I'll say this: of all the coaches that are reviewed, to me, Saban's one of the best because he will, he will, yeah. he, he will talk. You know, he'll, some of them just don't really say anything, but he'll give you some information when he's, you know, especially at halftime when you know he'll he'll recap the first half for you and be and real blunt. So, hey, you're uh, you're down in Dothan, right? No, I'm uh, I'm in Nashville. I uh, am from Florence, but okay, I, uh, okay, Nashville. I got you. I was I don't know why I was thinking. Yeah, you're in, in in, but you're from Florence. You're from the you're from yeah. the state. And okay, Gary, I, I know you got to go. I got one. Uh, I, like I said, I live in Nashville. Don't be picking Vanderbilt. They'll break your heart every time, Gary. I'm telling you, stay away from Vanderbilt. Man, I, I tell you this. They bring a lot. <laughs> hey, they, they bring a lot to the conference in a lot of different areas. Football ain't it one of them. Oh, my gosh, man. It, it's, it's sad. And, and, you know, I, I like the guy they got coaching, but boy, it's, whew, when you, when you, when you get your doors blown off by South Carolina, um, gosh, man, what else can we say? Hey, thank you, Lewis. Okay, Gary, have a great weekend. Roll Tide. Thank you so much. All right, it's 919 here on the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with uh, a little bit more. Bart Heights on Hoops coming up at the bottom of the hour. And uh, your phone calls, as I said, that great weekend music. You know, we crank it up around here on the weekend. Noah, you better be ready, man. We're going to get it going here. We're going to have some fun. It's the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show, and we're back right after this on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama Sports and it's brought to you by Guthrie's. America's original chicken finger restaurant is now an official partner of the Crimson Tide. 
For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. As we get ready for Alabama football against Chattanooga on Saturday, here are some final thoughts from head coach Nick Saban. So, you know, I'm trying to emphasize, we're trying to emphasize with the players. Uh, they've responded, you know, fairly well. But the number one focus, you know, this week needs to be on this game. Uh, we need to take care of business in this game. You know, I got out the 2016 game, which was the last time we played these guys, and the score was like 3 nothing or something halfway through the second quarter, and we were behind. So, um, and just about all the players out there playing were, you know, really good players, most of whom played in the NFL. So uh, having your mind right, having the right focus. I'll have more in a moment. Founded in Haleyville, Alabama in 1965 by Hal and Melissa Guthrie, Guthrie's was America's first chicken finger restaurant. Guthrie still uses the family's original southern fried chicken recipe in every chicken finger they serve, fresh, hot, and fast. Guthrie's Golden Fried Chicken Fingers has been Alabama-owned and operated for over 58 years and is still going strong. Come see us soon. Guthrie's, America's original chicken finger restaurant and now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. We've got you covered for Alabama football against Chattanooga on Saturday. Our radio coverage across the network will start at 8 a.m., leading you right up to kickoff at 11. For a full listing of our radio affiliates, head to RollTide.com. You can also listen to the game on the Varsity Network app and watch the Royal Furniture Booth Cam on Facebook and YouTube. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Guthrie's. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. I was diagnosed with breast cancer last year. Dentistry has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds gradually increasing today, the high 69. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a chance of a few passing showers below 54. Tomorrow, becoming mostly sunny, the high 67. And Sunday, a sunny day with a high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide Is the PGIF edition, and we're cranking up a little YMCA by the Village People. Appropriate intro because uh, I'm joined by my friend Jeff Knox, the CEO of the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, as I've been talking about all week. Uh, holidays are a special time at the Y. All kinds of great stuff going on. New equipment coming in, and uh, wanted to just get Jeff on because he can explain it better than I can. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. You bet, man. How about how about that? We crank up the YMCA for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I was like, all right, there's the intro. That's right. That's right. All right, I've been talking all week about uh, the next, uh, you know, 
six weeks or so. It's a great time at the YMCA anyway, but, but now particularly, um, you got the new high-speed Wi-Fi installed last week, but what's really, I think, exciting for the members and prospective members is this new cardio equipment that is arriving on Monday. Jeff, please uh, give us some more information on what you got coming in. Absolutely. We are so excited. Monday morning, we're going to get um, all new cardio equipment, which has been a long time in coming. And not only is it, you know, ideal for health and wellness, but it's got uh, lots of fun bells and whistles, uh, individual TV screens, Bluetooth capabilities. So if you don't like what's on TV, you can throw up whatever you got on your phone. Charging stations, got on-demand training programs on the console. So it's it's really cool. We're so excited about being able to provide this because I know the equipment that we have is it's due. And yeah. so this is the top of the line coming in Monday. Well, you know, I love uh, getting on that cardio equipment, and I can't wait to I can't wait to try it out uh, next week once it's installed. And uh, also. Um, I've been pumping this up too because I think this is is really cool. Of course, I've been a member for over twenty years, as I always, you know, say here on the radio. But the YMCA Community Open Doors Wellness Week coming up November the twenty seventh through December the second is something that if anybody has ever really wanted to find out what the Y is about, Jeff, this is their opportunity. It's free to the community all week. Come check out the Y. Also, seminars, special events, special classes. This is your chance with no obligation to see for yourself what the Y is all about. Yeah, absolutely. We just we wanted to kind of provide a little give back. We're coming out of Thanksgiving, and this is our opportunity to thank the community. And as you said, give them an opportunity to see what we're all about. We, we've got family events, coaching sessions. If you want to get stronger, we can show you. If you want to eat better, we've got that too. We have stuff for the kids. And as you said, it's absolutely free to the community. There's no obligation and it goes all week and it will culminate on Saturday, December 2nd at the 12th annual Rudolph Run 8K. Oh yeah, that Rudolph run now, that's something, that's something special. Hey, before we close it out, I, I want you to speak to this because I try to hear, um, and obviously man, the wellness center is awesome and I love coming in. I'll be, I'll be in there today at 1130 in fact working out. Um, and that's a big part of it. But when you join the Y and you support the Y, you also support the community. Yes. Wellness, fitness, all that is terrific, and it really is, mind, body, and spirit. But at the same time, just the community spirit and and commitment that the Y makes to, to West Alabama, you're supporting that, too, when you join the Y, right? That's absolutely correct. Um, for example, all the proceeds from the race will go to our scholarship fund for kids and families in the community, much of which does go to West Alabama, we're going to provide almost a quarter million dollars this year in financial support to make sure everybody has an opportunity. And Jeff, before uh, I have to get to this break, 
personal training. I'm, I'm an advocate of it. And, and I think some people sometimes, and I've talked to friends of mine, oh man, I don't need a trainer. Ah, you know, <laughs> but sometimes you really do. Not because you you got to put, that's the thing. Let's be honest about this. Trainers are going to help you get, they can't do it for you. You still have to do that's the work. Right. But man, they really can help get you over uh, the hump. If you're struggling a little bit with your workouts, if you can't take them to the next level, I know you've got three incredible certified personal trainers that are available for individual sessions, partner sessions, half hour, an hour. Uh, tell us a little more about personal training, please. Yeah, that's, that's it. We've got some incredible trainers, and you mentioned not only can they help get you over the hump, but they can also help, you know, specific or whatever your goals are. Because one thing we like to say that the best form of exercise is actually the one you'll do. So they can help you figure that out. I like that. <laughs> the best form of exercise is the one that you'll do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> can't get any can't get any benefits if you don't do it. Hey Jeff, That's great. Right. Uh, give us uh, give us the hours and uh, a little more information about how people can get involved with the Y. Sure, we're uh, open Monday through Friday from five a.m. to nine p.m. So there's always a time you can get in here. Weekends if we don't have a game, six to or. 6 a.m. to 4 and Sundays 1 to 5. Stop by and see us. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Have a great weekend. All right, Jeff Knox, CEO of the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 205-345-9622. Visit YMCATuscaloosa.org. We'll be back with uh, Bart Heights on Hoops. That's coming up next. We'll talk about the uh, round ball right here on the Gary Harris Show. Wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Everybody's working for the weekend and it's almost here. And uh, weekends now are even more fun than usual for sportscasters because this is the intersection between football season and basketball season. So we got college football, uh, NFL football, high school football. At the same time, we got college basketball, NBA basketball, high school basketball. It's all running together. And when I want to sort it out, I go to Bart Heitch on Hoops, presented by NextGameHoops.com. Bart is with us, and uh, I tell you what, Bart, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought you were trying to get rid of me because I was texting you last week to get on the radio, and I never got a response. Then all of a sudden this week, oh, by the way, here's my new number. Hey, look, man, Gary Harris, you know I would never, ever try to get rid of you, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell everybody about this something. Until you lose your phone and or it gets stolen, whichever one you want to call mm. it, um, happened on my South Carolina weekend. Yeah, it was kind of a bad deal. But I, it's been amazing how, like, my phone doesn't ring. <laughs> like, nobody's contacting, and it's just like, man, it was kind of breath of fresh air. But obviously, Gary, 
I'm going to text people that need to have the new number. But I've kind of been okay with some not having it, but of course I'm going to have it. Man, that has got to be a, a hassle, though, to have to try to, to recoup numbers and all that. But, man, I'm glad to, I'm glad to have you on. And uh, you're doing a lot of TV and radio work now. And, you're, of course, you're also on um, – the radio every morning, or, well, three mornings a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Press Box Radio from 7 to 9 a.m. You're calling games. And, in fact, last night, uh, they must have not have known you needed to get up early because you had Nickel <laughs> State and South Alabama. They didn't go to one OT. They didn't go to two OTs. They went to three OTs before Nichols pulled that one out. Tell us about that ball game. Oh, man, it's the first one I have uh, I've done uh, ever, high school, college, uh, any for any – Measure that's been triple overtime, but yeah, man, it was. Uh, yeah, man, I'm telling you, some Nickel State's got some guys that can score the basketball. They got a six-seven post player named Jamal West Jr. that actually had transferred from South. He played a couple of years at South. This guy's a six-nine point guard post player. They throw it to him over on the left block, Gary. I bet they threw it to him 35 times on the left block last night. He ended My up goodness. with 34 points. 34 points. And he uh, played at USA. He played at USA uh, early in his career, then that, went back to junior college. That's the worst um, and, when it, somebody comes back to taunt you. Oh, and it, but Tavon Saffer, um, that played at UNCG, was a so-called player of the year, four, five, seven years. He's the youngest coach in D1, um, the coach at Nickel State. And he had coached as a GA under Richie Riley. How about that? All so, kinds and of Deontay Smith was also a, a transfer from South that had 17 and 8 last time. But it was just high level, a lot of shot making. A lot of rim runs at the end, a lot of great calls that you have. And the game before that, SIEU um, also beat Denver on a last-second three-pointer. So that's leading into today, uh, South Alabama-Denver I have. So, yeah, it's a lot. Um, but, hey, you know, when it's basketball, man, uh, you got up to the time you went to bed. So um, exactly. that's right, right in your wheelhouse. Well, speaking of South Alabama, because that's going to lead me into, as we start talking about some of these SEC teams, that's going to lead me into the Alabama Crimson Tide, who beat the Jaguars 102 to 46. In fact, Bart, as you know, Alabama has opened the season with three straight 105 point or 100 plus point games. They haven't done that since 56, 57, 105 against Moorhead state, 102 against Indiana state, 102 against South Alabama. Got Mercer tonight. Now I know next week. Okay. You're going to, you're going to start playing the Ohio states, the Clemson's soon, the Purdue's, the Arizona's, those type of games. And you'll really know what you have, but I, I can't help but be impressed by this offensive explosion by a team that really had to be reworked and the roster overturned because of all the people that left last year, what Nate Oates has done in one season. I'm impressed, my friend. Well, I mean, it's just, it, it's a reload. Um, I think Alabama has made, I think it's uh, it was like 10, 10 and, and maybe 12, something like that. They're making double digit threes. You expect that, right? Um, they are guarding in the half court uh, at a high level. And I think though, the thing about this team that I've, I've really liked, and I know, look, South Alabama is undersized, uh, you know, in the other games. I hadn't been able to watch Alabama as much as I wanted because the games have coincided with either a Mississippi State game or me doing a South Alabama game. But this Alabama team is dominating people on the boards, Gary. I mean, they are just sweeping the glass with, like, 20 rebound margins, and that just weighs on people. And, you know, there is size there, uh, but I haven't really – like you said, let's not get ahead of ourselves. The schedule is about to get tougher – but the interior protect, rim protection was a really big deal for Alabama last year. Absolutely. I thought losing that might be a problem. So far, it hasn't been. But this Alabama team is going to shoot it well. Um, now the ball is going to be, you know, Mark Sears is, 
it's going to be in a lot of guys' hands. But I mean, this, do you agree that this is going to kind of turn into Mark Sears' team a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I do. I, I, think, I think I think uh, on the court in the locker room uh, when they travel, I, I think he kind of yeah. If there is an Alabama way, because basketball turns over so quickly, I think he kind of epitomizes what Nate Oates wants in his in his in, you know the the hard hat mentality, blue collar basketball. And I, yeah, I think I definitely agree with that. And I tell you this too, this Estrada kid, it's just what we're talking yes, about sir. with the portal man. It's opened up an opportunity to see these great players, and I hate it for the schools that they leave. I do. Bart, I hate it when you've when you've had a guy and you've developed him and he becomes a great player and he gets an opportunity to go play another year somewhere and he leaves you. But but I'm telling you, man, Aaron Estrada and Sears in the backcourt together, they're, they're a problem for folks, man. They can guard, they can score, they can they can you know get assist, they can defend. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a tough team. But Gary, here's the thing. Again, we've talked about this before. It's a couple of left-handed guys. And I'm telling you, that's hard to deal with, man, when you're having to play well, off so, of that uh, Listen, you've said this to me before, and and I see it and I don't see it. I understand you're, you're just in your mindset. You're used to playing against right-handed dominant players. But why is it so, so more – much more difficult to guard a good left-handed shooter than it is a, a, a right-handed shooter. Fill us in. Please. I don't. I don't necessarily believe that it's harder to guard a left-handed shooter per se um, as it is off the dribble. Okay. Here's why: okay. you're only guarding. There's how many people in the world are left-handed? Gary, I don't what know. What is it? One out of ten. It's one and a half. Two out of ten. Probably right. Yeah. All right. Well, typically of those one or two people, they're going to go left. You know, 75, 80. When guys go left, you know, about, well, he gets down here going right. When he goes right, he's going right. Well, I can tell you this. When people go left, they go in left. And it's just, you only guard it 10 to 20% of the time when the ball has a little trick. Like when somebody gets to a jump stop, Gary, they're going to get to a jump stop, right? And go with a little trick. Is the right hand, the left hand, a shot fake? 90% of the time, that ball's coming on, on a certain shoulder if you're guarding it. When it's a left handed guy or when he gets to that jump stop, it's just harder to, you just, don't have the same amount of reps over the course of your lifetime guarding people. That's kind of the way I've always uh, understood it, um, distributed it it's when I talk about it. But it's just that you don't see it as much. Um, and and you know, how many guys that are left-handed like Estrada in there in the post or in the paint when he's going in there trying to just do we call crafty? Right. Well, it just and the it reason does. we do is because you don't see it and it works. It looks different. I remember Jalen Rose. I mean, it just yeah, it's just a call. different looking dude and, and, and it's almost like um you're right. It no, I just wanted you to explain it. I agree with you. I I just wanted you to explain it. Before yeah, we move on to some other comes team, off at a different angle. That's yeah. What, one more thought on Alabama, and you and I discussed this last year, but I'm just such a big Nate Oates fan. Because and, and and there's a lot of good coaches out there and a lot of young coaches that understand it. But I, I said this to you last year. I still believe it. I think he's as equipped to coach the modern game of college basketball as anybody out there from the standpoint of understanding the portal, you know, getting a grip on NIL and the style of play, what guys, you know, want to do and how they want to play and how they want to get opportunities to shoot the ball a lot and at the same time still able because he lets the guys do that to demand that they play defense are you going to be over here with me i i just uh he hadn't made it to a final four yet bart but he's had a couple final four caliber teams i, I think he's going to get there with with alabama basketball if not you know at some point i just think he's destined to take this team to the final four well i'll say this um, 
he has had immense success in his young coaching career. People have to remember this guy was a high school coach that moved up with Bobby Hurley and had success right after. Timing has worked out for Nate Oates, right? Here's one thing I'll say. I'm just I'm going to give a comparison here, and I want people to take it in context, okay? You remember, right, let's think about a guy like like uh, like Coach K and the recruiting level that Coach K has recruit, recruited at for all those years, right? Nate Oates has got all these great players, right? And as you become a coach and grow, Coach K used to say, you have to gear the system toward your guys. Well, Nate Oates, if, if it doesn't, well, Nate Oates had the guys he's recruiting fit his system. The evaluation of who Alabama has brought in has been amazing. Mm -hmm. It comes down to the in-game coaching experience. This is the issue that people have with Rick Stansbury at Mississippi State not going past tournaments and games. and with The in-game adjustments, because one of those four games that you've got to win to get the Final Four game, you're probably not going to heat it up and make shots. Somebody's going to shut you down. Can you play different ways than your system dictates with your personnel? in that one game in the tournament. And that's all it takes. And as he gains experience, um, and the matchups haven't been great for Alabama. I will say that in, in the NCAA tournament. Um, they've played some teams that, you know, presented some problems from just different standpoints. And Alabama a couple of times didn't make shots. Oh, I have no quarrel with you saying, I had them going to Final Four last year, uh, and it didn't work out. But there's so many things that have to go right for it to happen. You know, not only um, – NATO. Nate Oates can coach. He's got the players. He's just got to have some things fall correctly and make those game adjustments with experience when you get in the tournament. Yeah, you would know. You've been there. Again, you talk about how many people are left in. How many people can say they they play in the Final Four, buddy? And you can. <laughs> and, minutes, and you do Jerry. know. And, and, five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, but still. Really you, 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 and that's the thing I keep saying about you. Just, every now and then you'll see a program that just up in their first opportunity, they get there. But for most teams, it's a process. And if I just continue to say you keep banging on that door, eventually you're going to knock it in. Hey, let's, uh, let's touch on what Auburn was able to do last night. Um, Against Notre Dame, I mean, this is a you know Notre Dame's a, a name program. Eighty three fifty nine. I mean, they took them to the woodshed. They're bad though, man. Notre Dame. Is. <laughs> uh, this is the worst Notre Dame team that we've seen in a long time. I had a couple of guys out. I didn't even get to watch it. Yeah, so pump, pump the brakes uh, a little bit, Gary. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I pump the brakes on Notre Dame. Uh, Auburn now. Auburn should have beat Baylor. Yeah, uh, they the sure should have. They let that um, one. Boy, they were sick about that one. They should have. You know, there's a lot of inner intertwined stuff there. I don't know if a lot of people remember the Mitchell kid that left Auburn and went to Baylor. There's a lot of not great blood, I think, between uh, so that's kind of a, that was kind of a kind of a heated uh heated Big Twelve SEC rivalry. Mm -hmm. I think Auburn's gonna be okay. Um Broom has improved in the post. Um he looks like he's 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 gotten muscular. He looks quicker. They're gonna play through him a lot. Obviously Auburn has you know, is always gonna have those guards that can step out and shoot it here and there. But I, I like what Bruce has done and I, I, I actually I do think Flanagan leaving opens up more offensively. I think he was so good defensively and you had to have him on the floor, but he made you limited off offensively on times. I think Auburn's more free flowing now and they're good they still they play so hard, Gary. Um and that's what I think you're seeing from these teams. A lot of them in the SEC. I mean, there's eight, nine, ten teams that legitimately can make the tournament. Yeah. If you look at those top-tier teams, they play so hard um, every night. And I think that's kind of the staple of the SEC. Now, the SEC, um, you know, teams like Auburn, teams like Mississippi State, teams like Missouri, teams like Florida, if they can elevate to the level of the Alabama, Tennessee's, Arkansas, 
this year, you may be looking at the best conference in the country. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Bart Heights on Hoops brought to you by NextGameHoops.com. Uh, LSU, and uh, we knew that that was going to be a massive uh, rebuild. But I tell you what, I mean, they've gotten off to a horrible start again. I, I guess I thought maybe this pre-conference they'd play a little bit better and, and lost again last night to Dayton 70-67. to they did, and uh, now the, the Nichols loss obviously looks terrible. Nichols could win that week after seeing them last night. They got guys that can just flat out score it and match up problems everywhere. But uh, you know, LSU, I don't know. I mean, there's uh, all 14 teams aren't going to be good. That's right, right. And yeah. now it's about portal. It's about match. It's about, and I just I, I don't know. I haven't seen them, um, but I do know that they are. Again, I looked at some reps and stuff. They are they are struggling. But you like Matt ball. McMahon, right? He's a good coach, right? I like I like McMahon. I just I, I wasn't a hundred percent ever just really sure about the fit, right? Um, there, uh, I just LSU's basketball program has been through a lot in the last few years. Yeah, you know, just from an emotional standpoint, that you you, you just think the lingering whether it was NCAA, whether it was Will Wade, whether it was guys transferring out here there, whatever. You just feel like there's just there was a wave over it. And the thing about LSU in basketball, when a lot of teams are good, especially when Mississippi State is good, when Alabama is good, and now A&M is good, those teams that surround them in that recruiting area are good because LSU recruits in the southeast. When LSU's bad, they're bad in basketball. It's kind of like Mississippi State in football. It's danger time in LSU, in my opinion, for that man. Yeah, I, I can see that. Missouri, uh, I watched, uh, that's why I'm talking about, uh, Nate Oates' eye for talent. Burnett went to Michigan and lit it up the other night and clearly lit up Missouri with Memphis, but they came back last night and beat Minnesota. That's a good win for the Tigers because they were at half. It looked like they were going to be done and, and, uh, you know, nice, nice win for the SEC there against the Big Ten. Well, and last year, Mississippi State did the same thing, went up there and won. Um, I love that Minnesota invites SEC teams to come and play. Uh, but yeah, Missouri, uh, I like this Missouri team, but I'm going to tell you what I like more about Missouri um, and about what Dennis is doing. They have the number one recruiting class in the country coming in next year. I don't know if a lot of people know that. I didn't. Right now, I didn't. And Charlton Young, who people remember from Jordan Southern, was assistant at Auburn, has been one of the top assistant coaches in the country, is flat out getting it done. Missouri is going to continue to be on the come up now. I think they'll be more versatile this year. Um, and they, cause last year, you remember, they relied on a pro, Kobe Brown, who's from Alabama, was from Huntsville, mm-hmm. state champion at Lee, father's a coach. But I, Missouri is, again, there's going to be no easy games. Um, in, but with Missouri, my thing is going to be defensively. Last year down the stretch, they were really bad. That's been an emphasis this year. You saw them go on the road and be able to get stops last night in a timely manner when they had to. I think Missouri will be a top tier, definitely in the top half of the conference team in the SEC. Kentucky, um, I was really pulling for them against Kansas the other night. I really was. And I thought they were going to win that game. And then, um, uh, what's his name? The Michigan transfer just absolutely. They, yeah. Yep. They didn't have, they didn't have anything for him. Who, who is going to have anything for that guy? In fact, you know, Kansas. Well, um, you know, Kansas is good. Hunter Dickinson is a first team all American. Um, but I was really impressed with Harris for Kansas. He made, not a great shooter, has a set shot. He went four of five from three and made two timely threes when Kentucky had the lead with about two or three minutes to go yep. to get Kansas back in a position to win. Um, I like the Kansas team. I like the freshman, um, the athletic kid, 24. Not remembering his name right now, but he is just a difference maker in all kinds of aspects of, uh, of the game, defensively, offensively. Kentucky's going to be the real deal. I wasn't necessarily so, but I love Reed. 
Uh, Dillingham got hot last night and he, or the other night and he can score in an absolute hurry. They got three seven footers that aren't there yet. Shepard, yeah, I didn't like the shot at the end, um, but that's Jeff Shepard's son that played at Kentucky back in the day. A lot of people remember Jeff Shepard taking off from the free throw line and yep. trying to dunk on Antonio mm-hmm. Dice. It's his son that's playing now that I played, we played against. He was on the Untouchables team. Uh, but Cal's going to get him going and that team will get, start guarding what's going to be scary for everybody in the SEC when Kentucky adds that link at the rim and can keep guards from scoring around the basket and penetrating. Kentucky's going to be relevant. Kentucky could be a top five team in the country all year. Mark, I'm getting up against the clock real quickly. Is, is Tennessee the best team in the league, yes or no? Um, Right now, I, you, I think you say that um, until something happens. They probably have the most impressive win, um, I would say, uh, over Wisconsin. That, that to me, uh, Auburn's would have been. But you can't take Arkansas out, and you can't take A&M out. A&M also had a big win the other night on the road. So one of those three teams right now, Mixon and Alabama, see what they do when they start playing competition. Those right now, I think, are the top four teams, including Kentucky. And lastly, your Bulldogs off to a 3-0 start, 30-second uh, you know, little synopsis of your alma mater. What, uh, what, what are the Bulldogs looking like this year? Chris Jans can coach, and we're 10 deep. Got probably when Tolu gets back. Uh, Keyshawn Murphy's coming back next week, kid from Alabama, but this team guards people. There's a lot of defensive bodies. Um, and Josh Hubbard, freshman, gets another name. He, uh, he's potential freshman all ACC, can absolutely score the basketball. I love where the Bulldogs are right now. Take on Washington State tomorrow up in Connecticut. Awesome, Bart. And your appearance is brought to us by, uh, brought to you by nextgamehoops.com. 30 seconds on nextgamehoops.com. Next game, Hoops, Supreme Courts. Uh, Jonathan Hyde and myself are doing a podcast. Uh, we tape it every Wednesday night. It post about, it's posting every Sunday night. Northwest Alabama basketball, but high school basketball in general, talking about talent, talking about – we also analyze teaching points about how to teach kids what to do, what not to do. Next game, Hoops, the NGH podcast. Check us out weekly. You can find me on at the Heights 22 Twitter. Thanks, Bart. Thanks, sir. All right, 9.53. We're going to take a break, come back, and wrap up this first hour of the Gary Harris Show for this TGIF edition. We'll do it right after this. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. At Patterson Comer, Costco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Las Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Las Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Las Tarascos with location in Tuscaloosa and Northport. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, the Friday first hour getaway song, The Cure, Friday I'm in Love going to wrap us up for this first hour. I want to thank Bart Heights on Hoops. I want to thank Jeff Knox from the YMCA for jumping on with us. Second hour, we're going to be loaded. Uh, Auburn Report, Brett Pritchard, plus Bama football trivia presented by T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. And it is Tom's birthday over at uh, T-Town Menswear. So get by and see him today in the University Mall. And uh, let's... Uh, let's remind you, too, that next Friday, his Black Friday sale, everything in the store, buy one at regular price, get the second item half price. And you know what that means. 
That means including that incredible album of football memorabilia, not just the unbelievable menswear, but all of it. So we're going to get you out of here with The Cure. Friday, I'm in love, one of my all-time favorites, because I am in love with Friday. It's the free Friday Song of the day right here with The Cure. Take us on out, Noah. Hour number two. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We'll be right back. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Brian Fenley. We could be closing in on a Joe Flacco comeback to the NFL. According to league sources, the Cleveland Browns, who are in dire need of some extra QBs on their roster, are holding a tryout for the veteran signal caller today. This, of course, after Deshaun Watson had a season-ending injury to his shoulder. ESPN is reporting the NFL is investigating the Bengals for why they did not mark quarterback Joe Burrow on the injury report. After he was seen on Wednesday with a brace on his hand, a wrist sprain then forced him out early in yesterday's game against the Ravens. And the league has the power and the jurisdiction to fine or even take away draft picks from a team if they deem that team violated IR policies. And the Raiders released key fullback Jacob Johnson. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news, only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. The jury vote to execute Casey McWhorter last night was tattooed. Tuscaloosa State Representative Chris England sponsored a bill during the last session that would have required a unanimous vote. He will reintroduce that bill this coming session. Once Newcore Steel completes a $280 million expansion, the Tuscaloosa plant will be able to produce a thin, strong roll of steel that will be exclusive in the United States. And UA Capstone College of Nursing has received more than $3.5 million in federal grant money towards recruiting nursing educators. For the latest local news, in Tuscaloosa. Bama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV. Crimson Tide Kickoff. Play-by-play for Alabama sports and sports director for WGUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show, right here on Ty 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC. Of course, download that app. Uh, that's the best way to get us. Uh, and I know that I always link the uh, listen live aspect of our show. You can get to the website, but really the best way. And uh, if I've got friends listening that are outside the local area, download the app. That is the best way. You can take us with you anywhere you go, anytime, anyplace. And you can listen to Ty 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC on the app. And we'll be doing the contest, the Bama trivia, football trivia contest at 1030. Uh, Noah, I, you, you, uh, 
were brilliant for this. Uh, we have gotten so many responses off the app because what happens, sometimes the phone lines get jammed. Uh, you want to ask the question and people are trying to get qualified for these incredible prizes that we give away. But Noah a few weeks ago said, hey, listen, they can download the app. They can message on the app. And if they're correct, we'll get them entered that way. So um, download that app for a lot of reasons, one of which is that we're going to be running the contest here at uh, at 10:30 when we're talking to Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Blitz and Noah will be busy on the phone lines uh qualifying people but also if you send them on that app and like I said I get from time to time people will message me on social media and I try to check that and and we we've been averaging probably I would say I know the one week we had 37 I, I wouldn't you say we're probably averaging 25 uh qualifiers or so Yeah 20 to 25 on average I would say yeah yeah, and we've given away some unbelievable prizes. Uh, Jalen Milrow autographed football, Isaiah Bond autographed football. Last week, the Trent Richardson print in the uh, 2011 Iron Bowl signed by him. Uh, the Traditions Championship Edition print today signed by Mark Ingram, another Heisman Trophy winner for Alabama. So it's going to be great. Yeah, and I, I know sometimes with something like the app, as opposed to calling in, you can feel like, oh, it's just going into the void. Like, no, I've got to pull up right here in front of yeah, me. Yeah, you see I'm it. looking at it, and we've had lots of app winners. Yeah, and I've been getting notifications on my email of people sending me messages, and you're going to have to show me how I can respond to some of those because people are asking me questions and so forth on the app. Hey, before we go any further, let me tell you, this hour of the Gary Harris Show is brought to you, as always, by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Listen, man, um, I say this every day. The 800 firms that you see on your television screen – They'll listen. They want to help you. They want your case. They're going to try to win for you too. But the difference is if you have been in an automobile accident or you're dealing with a personal injury and you call one of those 1 800 firms, you might not ever meet the attorney face to face. And if the insurance company uh, wants to settle, there's a chance they're going to go ahead and settle. You know, money in pocket, money for you. But the difference with Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, feet on the ground in West Alabama, what does that mean? Well, If they take your case, you're going to look them in the eyeball. You're going to meet with them face-to-face. They're going to stay with you all the way. They're going to maybe take a little bit longer to try to get you what you really deserve. And even if you have to go to court, you know what? They'll be with you in court, not some lawyer that you've never met. I'm just going to be frank with you. I speak highly of these gentlemen, not just as lawyers, but as people. Uh, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, gentlemen of the highest quality. Paul's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport, 205-759-3939. Remember, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Patterson Comer Law Firm. Find out more at pattersoncomerlawfirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, First Domain Condos Hotline is open for business. If you want to give us a ring, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. I'd love to hear from you. I know Alabama's playing Chattanooga this weekend. There's not a lot of excitement about that game, uh, particularly with the fact that the Iron Bowl is next week at Jordan-Hare, and then the week after that I'll be in Atlanta for the SEC Championship game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But tomorrow is a big game. Number one, it's the next one. Number two, it's Senior Day. So you get to uh, recognize and honor these seniors. So it's a big day. I'm going to run down the schedule for you, though. These are not my points per predictions. I'll do those a little bit later. And, you know, my points per predictions, I only do SEC games. Some of these games, um, you know, this is one of those weeks where there are a lot of games like Alabama and Chattanooga and Auburn and New Mexico State and Ole Miss and ULM. You know, these type of games. Now, there are some really good games. Tennessee and Georgia are playing. 
Obviously, that's a good one. South Carolina and Kentucky, Florida and Missouri, all SEC games. And then Mississippi State has a matchup against Southern Miss, which is a pretty interesting game. I'm going to give the Alabama and Auburn lines, but I'm not going to fool with uh, LSU versus Georgia State. I'm not going to fool with um, Arkansas versus FIU. I'm not going to fool with uh, A&M and ACU. Um, I'm going to stick to the bigger games. And uh, those are coming up in, in just a little bit. But as far as the schedule is concerned and as far as where we're at in the SEC to this point in the season, obviously everything's decided as far as the divisions are concerned. Not decided as far as record and, and what's at stake. Obviously the Iron Bowl is a huge game. Georgia-Tennessee tomorrow is a huge game. But we know regardless of what happens, Alabama's playing Georgia two weeks from tomorrow in Atlanta. That's set. There's nothing that can happen to those two teams. If Georgia loses to Tennessee, if Alabama were to lose to Auburn, it doesn't matter. They're still going to play for the SEC championship. What does matter, of course, is trying to get into that four-team college football playoff, and that's where the margin for error for Alabama is zero. None. They can't – if they – yeah, and obviously they're going to win tomorrow. But if they lose at Auburn or they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're not going to the college football playoff. Period. So that that won't happen. There is a lot of discussion, as we know, including here on my show, as to whether or not they'll even make it if they went out. Now, I have had some debates with callers, and you know Barry Sanderson and I have debated it. I understand the college football playoff rankings. I see Alabama's number eight. I know all those undefeated teams are in front of them. I know there are a couple one-loss teams in front of them, including Texas, which beat Alabama. I get all that. So when I say that if Alabama wins out and goes 9-0 in the SEC and beats number one ranked Georgia, which at that time probably is going to have a 29-game winning streak, and Alabama's the last time team to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game two years ago. So when I say if Alabama, if that happens that they're in the college football playoff, that's really just my opinion based on nothing other than I can't imagine, as I've said before, I can't imagine a scenario in which the conference that's dominated college football the last 15 years and the team that's dominated that conference could go 9-0 and in the league, beat a Georgia team which will have won 29 in a row and is the two-time defending national champion, which would be the biggest win in college football this year. Nothing else would even be close. I, I just can't imagine a scenario in which that plays out and the SEC gets left out of the the, the final four-team college football playoff before we expand to 12 next year. Now think about that too. Because if Alabama beats Georgia and Alabama gets left out, well, Georgia's not going. So not only are you saying that Alabama's not going to go, but that the SEC will not have a team in the final four-team college football playoff? No. I'm not buying that. I don't subscribe to that. I've said it before. Not in the world that I live in. Now, I'm not saying that I'm right. <laughs> you know, only time will tell. First of all, Alabama's got to win three more games. And winning the Iron Bowl at Jordan Hare is not going to be easy. And certainly beating Georgia and Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium is going to be very difficult. But if that happens and Alabama goes 12-1, and 9-0 and in the SEC, beats the juggernaut of college football right now, which is the Georgia Bulldogs, and that Sunday during the selection show, Alabama doesn't have its name called, then I'll come in here Friday, uh, Monday morning and I'll say I was flat out wrong. I was wrong. And I got I got it proven to me. I just don't believe that's going to happen. If Alabama is able to go 
through this gauntlet, because it is a gauntlet, folks, having to go to Jordan-Hare for what I still think is the greatest football rivalry in the country, the Iron Bowl, and winning there against a pretty good Auburn team, team that has won three in a row, got some confidence, and then you go into the Dragon's Lair at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta in Georgia's backyard, just down the road from Athens, and you slay the Dragon, and you're not in the college football playoff? You're kidding me. No, that, that that can't happen. So that, again, for people that have called and, and laid out all of the analytics and all of the I listen, I agree with you. I see it. Now, there's also other things that could happen. Alabama could win out, and, you know, Washington could lose tomorrow night to Oregon State. And, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, one is going to lose to each other. Uh, you still got conference championship games. So there might be enough happen in front of Alabama that if they went out, they're going to get a spot, no question. But even if it's dicey, you know, Florida State's sitting there unbeaten in the ACC. And I'm just going to tell you, from my from my seat, which is biased, all right, clearly, because I cover Alabama, I'm in SEC country. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is an objective, unbiased viewpoint. It's not. But from my biased viewpoint, if I'm on the committee and it comes down to an unbeaten Florida State out of the ACC whose best win is over LSU, an LSU team now that Alabama handled as well and Ole Miss beat, and their best win is from the SEC, and you've got an unbeaten Florida State from the ACC, which I do think is an inferior league top to bottom to the SEC this year. And I hear everybody say the Pac-12 is the best league, and but I think the SEC to me is clearly better than the ACC. So, yeah, I would take a 12-1 and Alabama that just beat Georgia over a unbeaten Florida State team who beat Louisville in its conference championship game. I'm sorry. You beat Georgia versus beating Louisville? Yeah, I'd take a 12-1 and Alabama over, over Florida State. Now, they may not. Like I said, I'm, I, you know, it may play out where all these teams win and Alabama wins out and they're going to the Sugar Bowl or whatever and not going to the college football playoff. And then on that Monday, I'll have to eat some crow. But I, I just... No, I don't see that happening. I mean, I just I just can't imagine that Alabama could win these next three games, be the SEC champion, be 12-1, and be 9-0 and in the league, only lost to a top-10 Texas team, and not be in the playoff. So there is some drama. There's no doubt about it. If you want to talk about it, first the main condominiums hotline, 205-342-9904. All right, we're going to get to the break. And uh, when we come back on the other side, I'm going to go ahead and uh, – get my SEC point spread predictions and give them to you. And then, of course, at the bottom of the hour, in addition to the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard, if you if you haven't done the contest before, this is how we do it. We get Brett on the – I give the question, so you can start calling in. We get Brett on the air so that while I'm interviewing Brett, Noah doesn't have to focus on anything other than answering the phone and checking the app because he can't be tied up doing two things at once. So that's why we – that's why we contest you during an interview because it keeps me talking and him not having to worry about punching anybody through or anything other than getting you qualified. So we'll do that at 1030. We'll do the point spread picks in the next segment and um, we'll take some phone calls in the next segment too now. So don't think just because I'm going to do the point spread predictions, you can't call in. I am still curious what you folks think about what I just laid out. Is there in your mind, 
do you believe that Alabama could run the table and still get left out of the college football playoff? I know some of you do. I've heard from some of you, and I know there are others that are like me that say no way. If Alabama wins out, they're in. So that's a uh, that's a piece of the conversation that I'd love to uh, engage with you on this morning. I've been mentioning the First and Main Condominiums hotline, and of course, that means First and Main Condominiums is something that you need to check out. Beautiful historic downtown Northport. These are luxury condominiums, three bedrooms, three and a half bath, overlooking the Black Warrior River. Just absolutely, I say it's like a Hallmark Christmas card. I should know I live there, right? So, <laughs> you know, I speak of, 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 from experience. Find out more at firstdomaincondos.com. That's firstdomaincondos.com. They can set up a tour for you. Uh, you can call to get more information, 205-657-7465 or 205-310-7191. And if you tell them you heard about it on the Gary Harris show and you sign a lease, you'll get your first month free. How about that? Just say, Hey, listen, I heard Gary talking about First in Maine, I want to live there. And when you get ready to sign your lease, remind them of that, and they'll give you a month's free rent. That's First in Maine Condominiums. Find out more at firstdomaincondos.com. We're back after this. They're back. The 2023 Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds gradually increasing today, the high 69. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a chance of a few passing showers, the low 54. Tomorrow, becoming mostly sunny, the high 67. And Sunday, a sunny day with a high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Today for the Crimson Tide, local high school sports, and Bama in the pros right here on Tide 100.9. singer from Mobile, Alabama, 70s, 80s. Uh, keep on smiling. Another great tune. Welcome back to the Gary Harris Show. It's 1018. And uh, we got phone calls lined up. It looks like uh, we've got um, Jared first, and then we'll get to uh, JR out in Dallas. Good morning, Jared. How are you? Hey, Gary. How are you, man? That was, that was pretty good singing there, bro. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Lo- Just having fun, man. It's a weekend. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, I agree with you. I'm about... I'm a, I've about had a snoot full of listening to the panic, uh, the panic stricken fans about our scenario, yeah. but I, I agree with you. I just don't, there's, if you notice, and this is, this is one of the things I noticed over the last two weeks, I, I, I painfully suffer through that CFP show. All those guys aggravate the mess out of me listening to some of their bias. But if you notice two weeks ago, Herb Street, very clearly said, you know, Texas has the the win over Bama. So he was basically saying, no way Bama gets in over Texas. If you listen last week to, to the one this week, that tone is changing. You heard them say things like, 
you know, head-to-head is a qualification, but not the only qualification. Right. They haven't said – they have not said anything like that up until the last two weeks. And then after we throttled Kentucky the way the way we did, of course, now their greatest fear – they're staring their greatest fear right now at us. And they can keep us at eight. That's fine. And they're going to – I think they do that because they know this. Even at number eight, if we run the table from here on out, they cannot keep us out. That's right. They can't do it. Just can't. I'm I'm 100% with you. I just, as I said, I just can't even fathom it. Uh, Particularly, too, when you add in that if if Alabama beats Georgia, Jared, not only are you leaving out Alabama, you're you're leaving out the SEC, period. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. Alabama and Georgia have won the last three national championships. Um, they will, they'll make it a farce. It will be a complete farce if they decided to do that. I agree. I, I, the, 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 the credibility of the whole thing will be so ridiculous. It already lost a ton of credibility last year when we destroyed K State in the bowl game and then TCU got throttled the way they did. It lost a lot of credibility at that point. If they left us out at, plus, I'm going to tell you this, I live in Texas and I'm in Dallas and a lot of my buddies are, are Longhorns. And even they, I'm starting to hear their narrative change about, oh, we're not getting in above you the way we're playing right now. They see it. Everyone sees it. And I, I really think it's going to take care of itself in the end. And our biggest issue right now, in my opinion, is getting out of Jordan, Jordan hair. That's oh, our absolutely. biggest issue. Absolutely. That's got to be That's the focus. Right. Well, Jared, let me ask you this. And then you're out there in Dallas. Okay. Um, I have said that. You know, if you look back on it, if Alabama's playing a cream puff in week two, obviously they don't have the loss, but they might have lost somewhere down the road. The way it's turned out, and you never want to lose, so that's not what I'm saying. But I think that loss to Texas combined with that whatever that was at South Florida <laughs> really shaped this team. And I think going through that's what's allowed this team to win seven in a row in the SEC. Would you agree with that? And maybe if you don't play Texas and you, and you play somebody that you beat and you kind of put a band-aid on the, on the, on the issues and you think you're okay and, you, and then all of a sudden you play Ole Miss or you play A&M or you play Tennessee or you play LSU and, and you don't win. So I think it all kind of worked out for Alabama in the long run. Do you? I agree. Absolutely. I, 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 I 100%. I agree. And no one will play us right now I mean when you talk to the Longhorn faithful and any of them right now no one wants to play us and I'm gonna this is a this is a total side note but I I I feel confident that we are going to run the table and I feel I like this team and Saban won't say it on the microphone because he's he's Saban and he's he's calculated right that's right but this team's this team's got nasty in them this team has got nasty (laughs) in them and that is what he likes. I mean, I, did you see the clip before the LSU game, before kickoff, when Isaiah Bond is coming out on the field? He walks right through the middle of the LSU team coming out on the field. Yeah, I and saw that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 you know what? That's Those little things like that, <laughs> I, I love it, man. I mean, that is what we have not had for the last couple of years, in my opinion. They are, this team is not scared of anything or any moment. You know, they just aren't, in my opinion. But 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 back to what you were your question. I agree with you, man. I just don't see a world in which we pull this off that we don't get in. I'm with you. And getting back to my Texas point, don't don't get me wrong. It 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 stung. It stung to see those Texas people come in here and get that win and see that band standing out there uh, on (laughs) on you know 
campus drive playing after the game and horns up. It it it, it was a it was a bad dose of of pain for that game. And I uh, would have loved to have seen Alabama win it. I'm just not so sure uh, that it didn't work out for this team to kind of unlock what was inside of it. And the biggest thing, of course, being Jalen Milrow established himself as the quarterback. And I'm with you. I don't think anybody wants to play this team because this quarterback, if you're a defensive coordinator, he's giving you nightmares right now. You know, when he when he, when he he rolls out, do you leave your guy to come try to keep him from running and know he's going to toss it over your head? Or if you stay in coverage, he's going to he's going to take off for 15 yards before you can ever get to him? I mean, this is a dangerous football team, and that defense. You're right; they got a little dose of, so we want to we want to inflict uh, we want to inflict some pain. Yeah, and, yeah good nasty. team. And he is you're, you're you're right. He is a nightmare. It's funny. I have two daughters. That one's a freshman over there, and one's a, a senior over there right now. And the senior was back home this weekend, and we're watching the Kentucky game. And I always do football 101 when we're watching the game, so they can understand what is going on sometimes. And there was the the, the rollout where where um, Milrow hit uh, Roydell for the touchdown, and I stopped and paused the screen. I said, you want to see a, a poor guy with a, with a conflict that you don't ever want to have? I said, you see this linebacker right here? He sees Jalen Milrow rolling out, and he's on Roydell Williams, and he's got to decide, oh, my God, what do I do here? You know, Because he can't make the right decision. If he stays on him, That's right. Milrow's gone. If he, if he goes for Milrow, he tosses the pass. But anyways, yeah. No, but I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'll let you go get some other callers, but I, but uh, I, I listen to you every day from over here, and I've listened to all the shows, and I've been just biting my tongue, and I've been busy at work, and not been able to call in, but I've been wanting to because I'm on I'm on Team Gary with this thing, man. The rest of them. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> the you, Jared. Great call, man. Out. There in Dallas, and uh, call back any chance that you get. Have a great weekend, man. Okay, you too. Thanks. All right, thank you. Let's get to uh, to Jr. So Jared was in Dallas, and this is is this is this my pal Jr. It is. It is. Yeah. Noah got you confused. You're not Dallas. Dallas. I'm, in, you're I'm in, in Coker. You're in Coker, Alabama. <laughs> sir. I have to say, Jared is, was an excellent call. I, I, I really enjoyed his his input. I mean, he seemed uh, very knowledgeable about Alabama football. I agree. I thought he made a good point. Hey, hey, listen. Anybody agrees with me, I'm going to like him. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no. Listen, I as I've said, and you've heard me all week. I understand the angst. I understand the concern about how this college football playoff ranking or these rankings are looking right now. I do, uh, but I just trust that if. If Alabama can take care of business. And listen, there's no guarantee. I mean, two really yeah. tough games coming up next week at the Iron Bowl and then at, against Georgia in the SEC Championship. If Alabama loses one of those, they're out. I get that. So, but I just trust that if, if Alabama wins those two games, I would put that resume up against any resume in the country. And that includes an undefeated team's resume. I don't think there'd be a better resume in the country than the one that Alabama will put on the table if they win the next three games. Yeah, you have to figure. Our only loss to the number seven team right. in the country. That's right. And, and, uh, and we over. did the Georgia win. Listen, the Georgia win would trump any win in probably the last two years in college football. Not just this year, maybe the last three. That's how big that win would be. Yeah, and uh, you know, I feel good about it. I really do. I'd just like to see Alabama go five and zero for the rest of the year. Yeah, that would work, wouldn't it? I, I, if five and <laughs> we'd, be, be hoist, we'd be hoisting the natty. Saban would be holding up number seven at Alabama, number eight overall. If that happens, pal. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's always exciting, you know. Like you said, uh, it's just root you, all uh, the way. Are you, are you going tomorrow? 
Oh, to the game tomorrow? Yeah. No. Well, you know no. it's not. Now, you, I want to make sure, while I'm talking to you, I'll remind everybody, it's not on over-the-air television. It's the stream. I realize that. Yeah, so just yeah. want to remind. But you listen well, here. Hey, listen, you can listen on on the Bear and on Tide. And, uh, you know, if you've got the ESPN Plus or SEC right. uh, Plus, you can you can watch it on the, right. on the stream. Well, I missed a, a couple of days of work this week, so i got to work Saturday. <clears throat> okay, I got you. Hey, no, grab that. You didn't know. Line. You didn't know. I was, you didn't know I was working out on a cattle farm. Now, did you? No, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm you, doing. You hard work. You 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 ring those cattlebells to call them in. No, I don't. We don't have a cow. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what they are. I mean, they, you know, uh, people get a kick out of the cowbells at, at Mississippi State, but they really did used to use them. That was, you know, when the uh-huh. cows heard the cowbells, they know it was time to get fed, and they'd come running. So that's yep. what they were for. All right, Jr. Oh, have a good weekend, man. All right, appreciate it very much. Thanks, I'll see you later. All right, we're going to squeeze in one more call real quick before we get to the break, and we're going to get to Ellis here. Hey, good morning, Ellis. How you doing, Gary Harris? Doing great, Ellis, man. Good to hear from you. You in town? Yes, sir. As we speak, I knew you'd be. I knew you'd be here. I'm, uh, and I'm going to the basketball game tonight. Oh, absolutely, also. great, great idea. Good for you, man. I hope tonight. Uh, and I haven't talked a lot of. We talked hoops with uh, Bart Heights earlier, but I hadn't really pumped the fact that Alabama's at home against Mercer tonight, trying to go for a hundred in four straight games. So yeah, everybody that's in town for the football game, get to Coleman tonight and support this high flying basketball team. That's a great idea, Ellis. Yeah, that's what I want to see, you know, because I've, I've never been to Coleman. I've been to see them at Vanderbilt, but never at Coleman Coliseum. So this will be my first time in there. So. Well, good, man. Yeah. Well, you'll have fun. They're, they're, they're a fun, fun team to watch and, and, um, you know, I hope they can get to 100 again. So I'm, I'm just pulling for them to score 100 in every game now. I hope so. And that's what us Bama fans need to do is support our, all of our sports. That's right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the ball game tomorrow and then be ready for, I know Saban don't like to talk about games coming up, but I'm ready for the Iron Bowl. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, we get through tomorrow and let's say about 2.15, you're walking off that field. It immediately becomes Iron Bowl time. So you got to get through this one. But as soon as that game's over, I guarantee you that's where the focus is going to be. And, and next week is going to be, uh, it's going to be crazy because again, you know, you're going down there. If the game were at Brian Denny, I wouldn't even have a pause of concern. But with it being at Jordan Hare, yeah, they're going to have to be ready. Hey, Ellis, man, glad you're in town. I got to hit this break, but, uh, roll tide, buddy. Roll Tide, we gotta take the boobs down. Yeah, and next summer now, I'm still, you gotta figure out how to get me one of those yellow meat watermelons now. Yes, I've not forgot about that. You will have one. All right, Phil. Enjoy. All right, good to hear from Ellis. So we got to get to the break, and when we come back, it's Bama Football Trivia. Get ready, 205-342-9904. Send it in on the app. You can message me on social media. We'll have the question. And then we'll have Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report. And I'll get to my points for predictions in the final segment because we had phone calls there. So uh, I'll still get to those. But what we'll do next uh, segment is we'll ask the question. We'll get Brett on. We'll do the Auburn Report. And then we'll start qualifying. We'll qualify all the way through the segment and even into the break uh, with Noah by himself now. So be patient. Be patient. He doesn't have any help, but we're going to, we're going to get you through it. And that's coming up next. And it's going to be a lot of fun. That beautiful Greg Gamble print, the traditions championship edition, which was painted after the first national championship for Nick Saban at Alabama against Texas in the BCS championship game at the Rose Bowl, hand signed by Mark Ingram. So that's coming up. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. 
If you're a since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. I have the Tiger Meets. It's time for the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz. That's coming up. But first, uh, Bama football trivia, and we've got to qualify as many people as we can for this beautiful Greg Gamble print um, signifying Alabama's first national championship under Nick Saban. The Traditions Championship Edition, hand-signed by Mark Ingram. So that's pretty cool. Like I said, it's on my Facebook page and on my um, Twitter page. All right, here is the question, and I want to tie it. I try to always tie it into the game that Alabama's playing. So I'm going to tie this one in to the University of Tennessee Chattanooga. I don't think it's a very difficult question, uh, but at the same time, it is uh, it is pertinent to this, to this game coming up. All right, what former Alabama player, he played under Coach Bryant, was on the 1961 National Championship team. There's another clue. And then would return to coach at Alabama a couple of different times, including as a, a terrific defensive coordinator. Who is that gentleman that was the head coach of the University of Tennessee Chattanooga Mocs that played at Alabama, also served a couple of different times on the staffs at Alabama as an outstanding secondary coach and defensive coordinator? Name that gentleman who was a former head coach at Chattanooga that played at Alabama and coached at Alabama and was a terrific coach. And uh, I ought to, I'd, I'd spoil it even more <laughs> with Brett coming up that he also he also coached at, at, at Auburn too. So you got all of the information that you need. Call now 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. And, um, also coached at Auburn on a couple of different occasions, so he, he knows this state well. And um, call now or use the app, and uh, or you can message me on social media, and we'll get you qualified. All right, let me bring in Brett. Brett, you don't answer it, buddy, because I know you know too, but uh, good morning. Hey, good morning, man. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, you laid out on me last week, and then I thought, I said he laid out on me, and Auburn went to Fayetteville and just opened up a can on the Razorbacks. I hope he doesn't think that that's – Ties into not doing my show. I'm glad you're back. I was worried about you. I said, well, he may not, he may not show up this week, but no, I think you feel, I think you got, you guys feeling pretty good about this Auburn team. And, and listen, New Mexico State has, has got some wins, but, but certainly, um, you're, you're anticipating the victory and then it's Iron Bowl week. But tell me what you've seen from this Auburn team lately, specifically, uh, with what they were able to do at Arkansas last week. Yeah, I, I've seen a team that, that's gotten better, uh, the last three weeks. And, and that's what you could, all you can hope to expect at this point, uh, coming off that, that first stretch where, where they lost the first four SEC games and we knew this was going to be an opportunity to, 
to, to kind of right the ship for the season, and, and they've done that so far. Um, you know, this is the fourth game in this stretch. Obviously, it's a non-conference game. It's a pretty good football team in New Mexico State. I mean, I know it's not up to the caliber of what uh, we're used to seeing, but they're, they're pretty good off the hoof. I mean, they're 8-3. and three. Uh, They've they've beaten, uh, you know, I think they won six in a row, maybe seven. I can't remember. I have to go back and look. Uh, they've got a good quarterback that, that throws the football pretty well, uh, thrown for almost 2,300 yards. He's rushed for over 700 yards, so he's a dual-threat guy. It'll be a test for Auburn. I mean, you know, you're supposed to win the game easily. Uh, they're, uh, Auburn's a 25-and-a-half point favorite for a reason. <clears throat> but uh, it is a formidable opponent that will come in and at least challenge Auburn, which I think is a good thing. Uh, I think, you know, you want to continue the, the momentum that you have uh, and, and, you know, you've got this, this game. I know Alabama's got Chattanooga, uh, tomorrow, but you got that game as a warm up for the Iron Bowl. But <clears throat> I don't think you can just walk out there and, and, and put 50 on a team and, and not expect, uh, some effort from the other side. That's so, right. Kind of, kind of excited to see how Auburn plays, but, but going back, uh, to, to last week, Gary, uh, man, what a breath of fresh air. You know, Auburn struggled on the road the last two or three years, uh, and, you know, been able to win a few games, but not not the Auburn on the road that we've been used to. And uh, man, last Saturday they just you couldn't have gotten off to a better start. Uh, I think I think that's where it all began. You take the first drive and you score a touchdown, and then you force a three and out, and they punt, and you run a punt back, and you're up fourteen to nothing. And you know that's what you hope for in any scenario on the road to get a big big start. But they they didn't have a letdown. You know Peyton Thorne comes back. Uh, a few possessions later, makes a <clears throat> makes a mistake, throws an interception, and you think that gave a little bit of momentum to to Arkansas, but the defense rose up and held them to a field goal. It was twenty-one to three at that point, and you know the game never was close, uh, never was in doubt. I was proud to see that Auburn finally kept the pedal to the metal and and, and finished the team off, and didn't didn't go into a lull in the in the third quarter and allow a team to try to come back in the game. So. Uh, defense is playing well. Gary, uh, Jalen McLeod, obviously being healthy now has made a big difference along with Eugene Asante and getting Austin Keys back as well. Uh, but on offense, I think going to a one quarterback guy, mm-hmm, finally yeah. oh, Peyton yeah. Thorne keys to the car has been the best part of this whole deal. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I can even see that from afar. And, and you and I discussed it a lot early in the year and I understand it. I mean, you're, you're, you know, Thorne, uh, at times, struggled and and I know they like what they have in Ashford as an athlete but uh Peyton Thorne's a quarterback and he and he had a good career at Michigan State and and I'm with you 100%. It's his team now. Uh, a little bit longer to get to that point but kind of similar to what's happened with Alabama with Jalen Milrow. When you know who your quarterback is, I think it's just easier for everybody. And uh and he I think there's a comfort level for him, don't you, Brett, that he knows now I'm the quarterback. He's not you know, am I going to play this series, am I play next series? He's the guy now. And he's responded. Uh, I definitely think so. I think there's a, a lesson that's learned every year by some team. I think every year we see a team try to try to do a two quarterback deal or can't figure out who they want, and they and, and they they hem haul back and forth, and you know it ends up costing them. You heard Coach Freeze last week say, or actually at the beginning of the week Monday in the press conference said, you know I've. I uh, wish I would, you know, would have done things a little different earlier. And I think I told you that, Gary, a few weeks ago. I said, well, Hugh Freeze, look back at the end of this season if he goes with Peyton Thorne the rest of the way. And 
say, man, I wish I would have done this or that uh, earlier. And I think he understands that now. And I, and I don't really know the motive behind what it was. We've all tried to take our stabs at it. But for whatever reason, he felt like Robbie Ashford or what he was seeing in practice, what the offensive staff was seeing in practice, felt like Robbie Ashford deserved snaps in the games and, and, and they built a plan around him. But I think at the end of the day, we know consistency uh, wins out. And, and and like you just said, everybody plays better when they know who the guy is. And, you know, it just changes things up so much when you have rotating quarterbacks. The signal calls, the snap counts, everything, the, it just makes it harder. And so uh, the, the goal is to try to make it easier. So, uh, you know, Peyton Thorne's going to make some mistakes. It's kind of like Jalen Milrow. But we've seen both of those quarterbacks over the last several weeks blossom. You know, and Jalen Milrose obviously figured out running the football is a big deal to help him. And, uh, you know, Peyton Thorne can run the football as well. He's surprisingly a better runner than I even thought he was to start the season. So uh, it's good to see both of these quarterbacks getting confidence heading into the Iron Bowl. You know, um, it's funny how winning just, <laughs> you know, how how quickly things that were issues are not issues, and you, things that you were hearing you don't hear anymore. Uh, Auburn strung together three SEC wins in a row, and all of a sudden you're not hearing, hearing about Gus, uh, Gus Miles, uh, Hugh Freeze and, and Philip Montgomery having any issues. You're not hearing about the defensive staff being. It's just nothing like winning. That, that all all the things that college football teams deal with is that winning is still the best tonic, and all of a sudden everything's smooth sailing. It feels like at Auburn. Well, it shuts up all the naysayers. You know, you know, if, if you're the negative guy when your team's winning, then everybody's like pointing the finger at you at that time saying you, That's nothing right. can ever make you happy. So, uh, losing allows those to have a bigger voice. And, and we all get caught in that trap. When things aren't going well, you know, we tend to, you know, the, the negative press tends to be magnified, but you're right. I mean, when, when things are win when you're winning, uh, there's still things to work on. Doesn't mean you're perfect. But you don't hear about that as much in the open as, as you would if you're losing games close or, or losing, you know, by 30 or whatever, whatever the margin is. But, uh, you're right. Winning kind of cures all. And, uh, it's a lot better to go back to the, uh, to the film room and, uh, the practice field and work on things after a win rather than trying to figure out how to get things turned around after a loss. And, you know, you look at Arkansas. I mean, they, they probably felt pretty doggone good about themselves going to the swamp, winning that game, even though Florida's not very good, but going in there and putting a lot of points on the board after they fired their offensive coordinator. Felt like they changed some things up. And then just to come home and just get your doors blown off had to be a shock to, to their fans. It was a shock to me, to be honest. I, I didn't, I thought Auburn could win the football game, but I never envisioned going up there after really how Arkansas kind of turned things around expecting that result. So, but you're right, winning's good. And, uh, you know, hopefully Auburn will put together another win tomorrow. That'll get them to seven. I'll be a seven and four team, you know, on a, on a four game winning streak heading into the Iron Bowl. And of course we know Alabama is getting hot at the right time. It sets up to be a really good matchup next week. It does. And as tempting as it is to dive into it, uh, um, this week, um, you know, I want to, I want to say most of the Iron Bowl, uh, talk for next week, but because we're right. going to have a shortened week and I don't know, uh, I'm not going to be on, we're not going to be on air Friday. So I'm going to try to move you up. I would do want to go ahead in case I don't get to visit with you next week. It, it is going to be an exciting game. And I think you and I have discussed this. And of course, um, 
you know, Jordan Hare has provided some memorable moments for Auburn fans in this Iron Bowl against Alabama. And I know, uh, as you said, uh, especially if you go ahead and win tomorrow, there's going to be a lot of buzz for this game down there. Yeah, there is. I mean, I think, uh, obviously Auburn fans know, um, you know, what the situation is. They know that they're going to be underdogs. They know that Alabama's only got one loss and, you know, vying for a shot at a, at a playoff. And we know where our program is right now. We're, we're trying to get, get back to that. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, you know, it's a team that's playing better. Uh, it's a team that's finding itself. Uh, now will that be enough to, to pull off an upset, I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, that's why they play it on the field and, and, and not on paper. Uh, but I think this Auburn team, a confident Auburn team, figuring out some things. Dark West Hunter really getting back to old form. Uh, Peyton Thorne settling in, being more consistent, looking like uh, the quarterback we felt like he could be. Uh, defense, getting guys healthy and, and continuing to play uh, at a high level gives Auburn a chance. You know, I think I don't think it's a secret. Now, Alabama's got one of the better defenses in the country. Uh, and, uh, Jalen Milrow, uh, is going to be the X factor in this game. Can Auburn, can Auburn force Jalen Milrow to make some mistakes? Can they, you know, Auburn's a very opportunistic team. They're one of the top teams in the country, uh, in calls and turnovers, you know, and, you know, it almost cost Georgia down there. I mean, frankly, you know, they were a couple of plays away, maybe making some catches on offense from upsetting Georgia. So, uh, you know, I think the effort will be there. It'll be a, it'll be a crazy environment. Uh, and I think it'll be the toughest environment for Jalen Milrow to this point as a starting quarterback. So how he handles all of that, uh, will determine the outcome of the game. All right, Brett, in our last couple of minutes, I do want to get your reaction to, uh, and I understand the December signing period has changed the calendar, but, uh, two head, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen this, uh, Jack Arnett and Jimbo Fisher faced off on, on, on Saturday at College Station. Both of them got fired. And they, they won the game big. But, uh, um, first just Jimbo Fisher. I mean, listen, it's easy to pile on now. I get it. And, and they do look like a bunch of idiots. Let's be honest. I mean, you're paid already. You paid him whatever, 30 million or whatever. Now you're going to pay him 77 million to go away. But I will caution people. They do have a lot of money and they didn't give it to him. Because they didn't think that he would win. They, they thought they had their national championship coach. That, hey, listen, if he wins a national championship, nobody's questioning the money. But because he's being fired, uh, obviously they look like, they look like dummies. But I don't know. I, you, I guess you could see it coming at the same time. And just because you got money doesn't mean you want to spend it all. That's a lot of money to pay a coach to go away. And now you got to pay a lot of money for another one to come in without any guarantees that he's going to get it done. What do you make of it? You know, I, I still, I'll start with this. It's still unfathomable to me to pay somebody 76 million to walk out the door. <laughs> I, that, that, that is a, that's on the front end. Yeah. That's a, that's a negotiation between that university and the You're agent, right. the coach and all mm-hmm. that. That's where you make that decision. You know, that decision doesn't happen after you fire somebody. That decision's made. Hey, if we have to fire you, this is what we're going to give you. I, I just think, man, these agents, uh, and, and these coaches, get these universities over a barrel. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen Auburn do it. Uh, knee-jerk reaction, have a good year, run to the table and have this huge extension and add this buyout clause in there. And, you know, two or three years later, you're sitting there going, what the crap did I do? Why, why did we make this decision? But uh, it's really absurd. I mean, it really is. Uh, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, they've got the money. And that's how they choose to spend it. So be it. Now they've got to turn around and uh, and and find a guy. And I think 
you know, there'll be another coach looking for a job or, or out of a job uh, here in the few weeks in the, in the SEC West and Sam Pittman. I mean, I really feel like Arkansas pulled the trigger. I mean, this team has gone south. Uh, they looked bad. They looked really bad last Saturday. Um, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think there's a lot of support right now from the fan base. They just look like a team that's lost. Uh, I know that's the last thing they want to do is try to go out and find another coach, and it's going to be tough for teams like Mississippi State and Arkansas going up against the Texas A&M and some of these programs that are probably going to be looking for coaches. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And, and the timing, you're right, Gary, we used to would have never seen the timing of these fires. Uh, you know, two or three games left in the season, uh, but it's all about recruiting. It's all change. It's trying to show that you're changing the path that you're going on and that you're not, you know, stuck in the mud and you're trying to get better and, uh, you know, just college football is just different. Yeah, it is. It is. And the only thing for me on Arnett is, and I understand they were in a tough spot, but you didn't have to give him the job. You, I know you say, well, they were, no, you, you could have just said, Zach, go get us through the, uh, through the bowl game. Right. Or we're going right. to have a search and it, you, you hired the guy. And then to not even give him one full season, and I and and I know what I agree. It's it's not a good situation over there right now, but it's just it's just unfortunate. Although he's going to get paid handsomely too, so I guess we shouldn't. You people like you and I should be feeling sorry for any of these guys. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for any of them because once they once they sign the contract, they're 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 set. I mean, basically, and but but you're right. I'll say one one final thing on Arnett. I mean, you're right. But did anybody really think he was going to be a long-time coach? At I don't State? think I they think did, and that's that's why I'm just puzzled over the fact that they went ahead and gave him the job. I mean, you, obviously yeah, by, by like, letting him go now, you that you're admitting we didn't we don't think he's the guy. So that's know, right. That's exactly just, right. It's just a weird, peculiar deal. But this is the world we live in, man, and it's getting crazier by the day. Hey, Brett, real quick, I know uh, Auburn Blitz uh, coming up a little bit later on. Yes, sir. Uh, Twelve o'clock as always, and uh, we'll have Jason Caldwell on. Uh, some recruiting news and I know we're getting, you know, down to the, to the wire on, on the first signing period, which is the signing period yep. now. So, uh, we're going to talk some recruiting news, some potentials out there. Uh, that Auburn's really pushing for to try to close out this first. Yeah. Game. And I hate we ran out of time, but a big basketball win last night against Notre Dame. I know you guys will probably hit on that as well. Oh yeah. No doubt. We'll be talking Auburn basketball too. Thanks, Brett. Gary, thank you, buddy. All right, it's ten fifty-two. We got to get the break because when we come back, we got to uh, give you the trivia answer and a winner, and I got to get my point spread predictions real quickly. So we're going to squeeze a lot in in the next couple of minutes when we get back. Stay with us. Catch Christian and Corey Miller every weekday here on Tide one hundred point nine. Christian Miller here from the Miller's Edge, and make sure you tune in tomorrow as we will be live for our last Friday edition of the Miller's Edge live at Buffalo's Cafe in Midtown Village, right here in Tuscaloosa. Make sure you come on by and hang out with us, or call and give your score predictions on the game as Alabama will be facing Tennessee Chattanooga for their last home game in Bryant Denny Stadium. Tune in eleven to noon to hear Christian and Corey Miller break down everything from college to the pros on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Yeah. With Tide.